0: Thank you for tuning in to Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church, we're family. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Steve Owens. If you would like to find out more information about this podcast or other resources, go to ctfboulder.com. I think that uh, it's so easy to get wrapped up in everything that's going on in the world that we're putting a magnifying glass on so many little tiny things and and all these idiosyncrasies and everything going on in the world but i gotta tell you god has so much going on and he uses the schemes that the enemy comes up with for good and i think we really need to be focusing on what the good is uh today i'm going to be teaching out of the book of jude and uh in the Greek, the, the actual name is, is actually Judas, is what it says in the Greek. But uh, the, the, the book of Jude was written specifically to a community that had been influenced by false teachers and by foreign ideas. They, they had been taken off of what the apostles gave, and they had kind of been uh, led astray. And so... They were bringing in things that were foreign to the gospel. And Jude was writing as a warning to persevere in both believing in our faith and also living out our faith and also doing it in a very timeless manner. I think everything that Jude wrote uh, just was coming to, to... It was true then and it's just as true today. is is what he was talking about. Uh, the false teachers, they had perverted the message of God. They had perverted the grace of God. They they had distorted the whole gospel. And that is happening over and over. Another striking fact that you're going to discover in, uh, reading Jude's letter is that Jude refers to extra biblical books. And, uh, So many times we're thinking, well, if it's not in the Bible, then it's not. But you know what? There's all kinds of history that isn't in the Bible that is, because it's still history. It still really happened. It was still really there. And it's other people's perspective sometimes of what was happening. Uh, It's not scripture, but that doesn't mean that it didn't really happen. That doesn't really mean that. And so in the book of Jude, uh, he refers in verse 9... to the assumption of Moses in verse 9 and that comes out of the book of Enoch of first Enoch and uh, also verses uh, 15 14 through 15 also comes out of uh, the book of Enoch or the assumption of Moses part 2 and I think that sometimes we prejudge And we say, oh, no, no, how could you ever say that? Or or how could you ever talk about it in your book? It's not talking about that book as Scripture. It's talking about it as backing up Scripture. It's talking about the reality of Scripture. And so uh, I just wanted to go through this today. The book of Jude was written. And when you read through the book of Jude, the message is very clear. He needed to urge the believers to vigorously... Defend and cherish the gift of salvation. He wanted them to fully get involved and just totally get immersed in what God had given them. And intruders and sow seeds of false teaching among the believers. They were causing chaos. They were causing confusion. They were making some people think that you have to work, that that after you're saved, that isn't good enough. I got to tell you, the scripture is very clear. After salvation, we cannot even obtain salvation without the total work of God. There's nothing we can do. There's no way we can walk in perfection. There's no way that we can do any of these things. But yet, it's only through God. Mm. so some of the main points of jude is to combat and prevent the dangers of sowing heresy so that it doesn't fully bloom jude's letter ends by giving seven commands number one is keep building up your inner life on the foundation of faith number two is pray in the holy spirit number three is fashion your life to the love of god Number four is receive more mercy from the Lord Jesus Christ. Number five is have, compassion, have compassion, compassion on those that are wavering. Number six is save the lost. And number seven is hate compromise that will stain our lives. You know what? When we live in the truth of the gospel, when we live in it and we're going to be defending it, We've we got to be trying our best to walk it out. And I'm not saying that in a way of condemnation. I'm saying that in a way of encouragement. Is that we need to be walking out what God is telling us. Because the gospel is only as good as, as, as we make it. So to speak. You know what? The gospel would be nothing. Salvation would be nothing if Christ hadn't followed through and died and gave his life for us. And yes... the the real question is he could come down at any time he could save every single person on the planet instantaneously he could force his love upon us but then it isn't love it isn't a free gift it isn't a choice and he's always given us free will and our choice as believers is not to focus on what's going on our 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 thing is to focus on what god is doing so starting in uh the only chapter there is but starting in verse 1. It says from Jude a loving servant of Jesus the anointed one and the brother of James I am writing I am writing to the chosen ones who are wrapped up in the love of the Father kept and guarded for Jesus Jesus the Messiah. May God's mercy, peace and love cascade over you. You know what God wants is He was just getting back to the very basics. When when Jude was very first writing this letter, he's writing it to bring correction. And what does he say? He says that we need God's mercy, peace, and love to cascade over us. You know, cascading over us is like standing under a waterfall and just letting it just come and just flow over you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. You know, it's, the scripture is very clear. We're going to be led forth by peace. If you're, not being, if, you're, if you're going through things in your life, and like right now, especially with everything going on, I got to tell you, if you have anxiety, if you have fear, if you have all these things bubbling up within you, and they're not peace, it's very clear they're not of God. If you're anxious, it's not of God. If you're upset, it's not of God. If you're, if you're in fear, it's not of God. And we need to be letting God's peace cascade over us. We need to understand that God's mercy is never ending. Every time we stumble, we don't have to make it into this huge thing that we have to go back and beg and, and plead and, and do all this crazy stuff for his mercy. All we got to do is turn back to the salvation he gave us. We just have to accept it. And once again, Jude is saying here, let it cascade over you. Let it totally cover you. And you know what? When you have something that's cascading like a waterfall, it's never ending. His grace, his mercy, his peace its never ending. It's going to keep coming. And we just have to make the choice to step into it. We can watch it from afar. We can describe it. We can tell people because we walk through it. But you know what? He wants us to be there all the time. And we need to be standing in his mercy. We need to quit beating up ourselves, and we need to quit beating up others. We need to be walking in that peace. And we also need to be showing the love of Christ. He goes on in verse 3 and he says, "Dearly loved friend, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvations we all participated in, but felt instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. For God through the apostles has once and for all entrusted this truth to his these truths to his holy believers." He says, "You know what? We can go around. We can we can go around, and we can brag about what God's done for us. And I'm telling you, that's something to brag about. It's something to brag about how God has poured out upon us. It's something to brag about how God has changed our lives. It's 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 extraordinary. But what Jude is going on and saying is, but instead, he doesn't want us just to brag about it. He wants us to challenge." I got to tell you is, at different times in in my walk, I, I got caught up in things. It was a wonderful thing when we were out doing street ministry all the time. We were doing street ministry all the time, making an impact on people. But you know what? If you're not following up with the people, if you're not making a change in their life, if you're not making disciples, we're called to do more than to have people say prayers. We're called to do more than just share than just share our testimonies. We're we're called to make disciples, and you can only make disciples, A, if you're part of a body where you have all the people, because you know what? There's not one of us anywhere watching, anywhere sitting in this room. There's not one of us. There's just not even a handful of us that can do it all. You know what? We can share the gospel with anybody, but that doesn't mean that we can disciple just anybody. It takes all kinds. It takes, it takes counseling ministries. It takes deliverance ministries. It takes teaching ministries. And it takes different people with different gifts to pour into them. And we, we need to be a part of a body. We need to be a part of what God is doing. We need to be accountable there. See, he's challenging us to vigorously defend and contend for our beliefs. Are 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 we are we contending for our beliefs? You know, I would have to say is that probably sad to say, probably 80 to 90% of the Christians today are contending for the safety of their family. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying is they're not contending for for they're not contending for their faith. They're contending for the safety of their family. They're contending for their rights. I'm not saying that's wrong either. We need, to, we need to stand up for our rights. We have constitutional rights here in the United States. Whatever country you're watching from, you have certain rights. But you know what? We need to be just as vigorous in contending for what Christ has given us. You know what? I can fight for our constitutional, my constitutional rights every day of the week. I can fight for my legal rights. I can fight for the safety of my family. But i got to tell you is, is that when I'm contending for what God has called me to do, you know what? He's going to protect me through the whole thing. And if not, I'll be like Stephen. And you just get stoned to death in the street, and that was... What he was called to do, and even up until the very end, he was contending for the salvation of those God had called him to. You know, I don't see that happening. It's happening in some parts of the world. In the United States, that isn't happening today. But who cares if it does? Because if it does, God is in the middle of it, and God is going to carry you through. So we can worry, and we can come up with all these conspiracy things about what's going on but you know what the enemy wants to keep us worrying about conspiracy theories he wants to keep us worried on what our leaders are saying and he wants us to get away from what he's saying I really believe what he is saying is now is the time when we step up. Now is the time when we step up and we show our peace. When we show the grace of God. When we show the mercy he's given us. Now is the time when we step up and we start reaching out to those that in February would have never listened to a thing we had to say about church and today they're asking us things about the Bible. It's kind of interesting that through this whole thing, I don't know if people realize it, some people look at it as a hindrance, but you know what? God's kind of cleared the deck. <laughs> there's no concerts, there's no sports, there's, there's all these things that have been canceled that ate up all these people's time. People couldn't come to church because of this and because of that and because of games and because of kids and because of all those things. You know what? All those things have been eliminated for the summer. And so you know what? We can complain about what's being eliminated, or we can say, all right, God, what's your purpose in this? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? How do I apply what's actually going on right now in the world? In Jude, in verse 4, he goes on and says, There have been some who have sneaked in among you unnoticed. They are depraved people whose judgment was prophesied in the scripture a long time ago. They have perverted the message of God's grace into a license to commit immorality and turn against our only absolute master, the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to remind you that even though you're familiar with it, that the Lord Jesus saved his people out of Egypt, but subsequently destroyed all those who were guilty of unbelief. In the same way, there were heavenly messengers in rebellion who went outside their rightful domain and authority and abandoned the appointed realms. God bound them in everlasting chains and is keeping them in the dark abyss in the never world until the judgment day, until the great day. And in a similar way, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the nearby towns gave themselves into sexual Immorality and the unnatural desire of a different flesh. And now they all serve as an example of those who experienced the punishment of eternal life. Eternal fire. <laughs> Thank you, John. And so... How many times are we looking at... I mean, we can look at this and all of a sudden when we think about false teachers, we think about something that's like way over here to the side. But you know what? False teachers sometimes are just taking the scripture and perverting it. All of a sudden. I mean, it's been been going on for a long time. But it seems to me like literally in the past 24 months... There's been this attack on women in ministry. There's just been this onslaught from all different books, from all different streams about women in ministry. You know what? God created men and women. You can go through the scripture and there's probably greater than 50 women in the scripture that some are only mentioned once or some are mentioned lots that change the course of history. To think that God isn't using women is one of these deceptions. To think that God is just worried about, uh, we're right here outside of Boulder, Colorado. I can't tell you how many pastors and leaders, especially in this area, pray on a regular basis for all the witches and spiritualists to be cast dead. That God would just strike them dead. You know what? That's not what God called us to do. It's not what God called us to do. You know what? I don't agree with what they're doing, but I'm praying for their salvation. I'm praying that God would open doors. I'm praying that they would get saved. I'm praying that they would see the reality. You know what? I can walk down the Pearl Street Mall, and there can be all kinds of people reading cards and stuff, but you know what? I don't need to tell them they're wrong, but it's not even a bragging thing. I can just walk over by their table, and they usually stop reading and say, I can't continue until that man leaves. And you know why? Because I carry the spirit of the living God. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. And when I go there, I know who I am. And just because that person's listening to other things, you know they're listening to other things because you know what? Light cast away darkness. And so when, when, when I step up close to the table, I don't even have to be at the table. When I get close to the table, the light comes and the demons flees and something quits talking. The Ouija board stops moving. The, the, the cards stop talking, the, the roots and the tea leaves and the, and the crystals don't do their thing anymore. And I got to tell you is, even if they get mad, they know that there's something greater in me. (laughs) There's something greater in me at that moment. And you know what? Even if they get really mad, I know that it makes an impact on their life for good. And I don't have to tell them anything about what they're doing is wrong. You know, false teachers are telling us that we need to stand and scream at people because of their life's choices. You know what? We need to love them into the kingdom. Come on. We need to love them into the kingdom. Our, our, our thing is not to condemn those who are caught in hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Our, our thing should be seeing them saved and seeing them delivered and seeing them get out of those things. Seeing where they would no longer be caught up in hurts and habits and hang-ups and addictions and compromise. You know, God didn't condemn us into the kingdom, so what gives us the right to condemn others into the kingdom? It's those false teachers. It says they went unnoticed. Why? Because everybody's looking at the letter of the law, and everybody has an understanding. You know what? When Jesus walked, he kind of threw the understanding, and he doesn't go through step by step. He didn't go and overthrow everything. But I'll tell you, everywhere he went when he was confronted by man's understanding of his father's law... Every single time he was confronted he just straightened him out. And he usually straightened him out with the scripture or he straightened him out with another law or he brought full explanation at that moment in time. We can't think that just because somebody's doing something just because God's touched them that it's going to be forever. Just like I... Just like he said there, you know what? He delivered all the children of Israel, but then he ended up killing a whole bunch of them. Think about Jesus. He chose 12 knowing that one was going to come against him. Even more, just knowing the very character of God. Knowing the very character of God. He put Adam and Eve in the garden knowing that they were going to fall. But yet, he still had a hope. I really believe that Jesus accepted Judas still having a hope. <laughs> still having a hope that he would change. And you know what? It didn't change the way he treated Judas. He didn't treat Judas different than the other 11. At any time, does it say, he treated him different up until that time. And then he even said, just go and do what you have to do. He didn't call him out and tell him, you know, he didn't excommunicate him from the group and say, you're not believing like us. And Verse 8, he goes on and he says, In the same way these sensual dreamers corrupt and pollute the natural realm, way well, on the other hand they reject the spiritual realm of governmental power and repeatedly scoff at heavenly glories. Folks, we just need to look at the reality. How many people today are out there teaching that the gifts aren't for today? They're teaching that God isn't healing people, that, that you know? I can tell you, people say that once things have physically happened to your body, science can tell you, once you've taken enough acid your brain starts to disconnect. And once your brain starts to disconnect, your brain never grows back. Okay? It's a fact. But you can't tell my wife that because she was there and now she's back. You can't tell Michael that because he was there and now he's back. They they say that once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. You know what? I was a hardcore alcoholic. I was a drug addict. And you know what? I'm not anymore. I don't have to stand up and say I'm an alcoholic because I'm not. And why is that? Because God has renewed me. God has rejuvenated me. He's taken, it says, behold, all things are gone and all things have become new. You know, we can't discount the spiritual things. I can't tell you how people get out of wheelchairs. I can't tell you how cancer leaves somebody's body in a physical, scientific way. But I can tell you is that it happens. I can tell you that we've seen people healed. I can not tell you we've seen people delivered. I can not tell you that we've seen people receive new body parts. We've seen deaf ears open. We've seen people that have wore glasses since they were little kids and 40 years later have 20-20 vision. We can't reject the spiritual just because we don't believe in it. Just because it doesn't happen or we don't have an explanation. We also can't reject the spiritual realms of governmental power. You know what? God puts things in order for a reason. In verse 9 he says, Even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil over the body of Moses, dared not insult or slander him, but simply said, Lord Yahweh, rebuke you. You see, even Michael Standing face to face, the Archangel Michael, standing face to face with Satan himself, didn't rebuke him, didn't talk down to him. He said, The Lord Yahweh rebuke you. He didn't even take it personal, he didn't say it was from him because he knew that he didn't have that authority. In verse 10, Jude goes on and says, "These people insult anything they don't understand. They behave like irrational beasts, doing whatever they feel like doing, because they live their lives, they live their lives by animal instincts, and they corrupt themselves and bring out bring their own destruction. How terrible it is for them, for they have followed into the steps of Cain, and they have abandoned themselves to Balaam's error." and their greed pursuit of financial gain. And since they have rebelled like Korah Korah rebelled, they will experience the same fate of Korah and likewise perish. See, God's saying, once again, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but so are we. We just go back and we repeat the same folly over and over and over again. And generations later, we're doing the same thing. And today, guess what? We're doing the same thing. We're behaving irrational and we're doing whatever we think is good. We're doing whatever we think is right. And that's not the way it should be. That's not the way it should be at all. Verse 12 says These false teachers are like dangerous hidden reefs in your love feast, they're lying in a wait. To shipwreck the immature. They feast among you without reverence, having no shepherd themselves, but they are like clouds with no rain. They're swept along by the wind, like fruitless late autumn trees, dead twice and barren, plucked up by the roots. They are, way, they are like the waves of the sea flinging out of the foam of their shame and disgrace. They are misleading and wandering stars for whom the complete darkness of eternal gloom has been reserved. You know, what I think we, we seem to forget and when, when I was even reading this this week, <laughs> I'm thinking about there are just groups of people They just go from this teaching to this teaching to this teaching to this place. Some of them move all over the country. Some move all over the world. And they're just following truths of God. (coughs) But they're never really applying anything. And they, they pick up a truth here. And then they go here and they want to condemn all the children of God at another place. They want to go condemn all these people at this church because they're not doing this. And then they move over here and they want to condemn these people because they're not doing this. You know what? That's not what God's called us to do. That's not what he's called us to do. You're not going to have the fruit God wants us to have. God says you're going to know them by their fruit. If you really think you're leading, all you have to do is look over your shoulder and see who's following. You know what? If you're called to be a leader and you look over your shoulder and you don't have anybody following you, then you're not a leader. And it doesn't even matter if you're called to be a leader. If you're not leading and the only way you know you're leading is if people are following you. And how can you lead unless you're put in a place to lead? We need to quit wandering. We, we need to quit just doing whatever we feel like God's called us to do. And you know what? God's called lots of us to do stuff. But I guarantee you, with the same voice you heard him call you and tell you what you're called to do, he's also telling you where to do it. He's also telling you who to be with. He's also telling you where to be. And he's not saying you only have to be there while you're comfortable. He says that you really need to be there Until he tells you to move on until he makes it clear And on the other side some people just stay someplace and they're like god I'm not gonna leave until you bring a hurricane and you rip out all my roots And then you move me like in the wizard of oz where all of a sudden the house and everything's moving You also don't want to be in that place either When god starts showing stuff to you, you don't want him to have to rip up your roots You kind of want to pack up everything gently and move along Because when he has to bring in a storm to move you, it leaves stuff behind too and it hurts other people. Just think about Jonah. How many people on the boat were hurt because he didn't follow after God? Verse 14, Enoch... The seventh direct descendant from Adam prophesied of their doom. And he said, look, here comes the Lord Yahweh with his countless of myrid, countless myriad of holy ones. He comes to execute judgment against them all and convict each one of them for their own ungodly deeds and for their terrible words and ungodly sinners that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are always complaining and never satisfied. Finding fault with everyone, they follow their own evil desires and their mouths speak scandalous things and they enjoy using seducive flattery to manipulate others. So Enoch is prophesying this. (laughs) He's saying, look what's going to happen. This is thousands of years before Jesus is born. Enoch is saying, look what's going to happen here. And you know what? We can look and it's happening. The church needs to spend less time pointing fingers at everybody else and more time doing what we're called to do. I praise God that I'm not called to do what all the churches around us are called to do. I praise God I'm not called to do what churches all over the world are called to do and sometimes i almost want to say it would be easier if i could do this instead of what you've called me to do but you know what great god graces us where we're called he graces us where we're called verse 17 says but you my delight my delightful loved ones remember the prophecies of all the apostles of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. They taught you. And in the last days, there will always be mockers motivated by their own ungodly desires. But people's, but these people cause division and are followers of their own natural instincts, devoid of the life of the Spirit. Sometimes we read these things and we're thinking, you know, He's talking about the evil people. You know what? Here he's talking to so-called believers. He's talking to the ones that were filling the seats in the church. He's talking about the ones that were speaking from the front. See, they're going to cause divisions. Why? Because they're devoid of the Spirit. You know what? The Spirit is moving. i got to tell you, folks, that what we did last year is not necessarily what we're going to do this year. I know very, very little about farming. But my cousins raised breeder cattle and they moved up to Wyoming and they they bought a half a section. And so they started raising... And farming their own food for their cows and stuff they were raising. And the awesome thing was, Dale didn't know all that much about farming either. But what he did is he went around and talked to the older folks around that had been doing it for generations. And he got pointers from them. He didn't get pointers from the tractor guy, he didn't get pointers from the person selling the seed, he didn't get pointers from the people selling the fertilizer. He heard what they had to say, but you know what? He would ask people, what are you going to plant this year? What are you going to plant this year? What are you going to plant this year? They never planted the same thing over and over. But then some years, he would hear what everybody was going to plant, but then the Lord would tell him, this is what I want you to plant. And everybody would say, why are you going to plant that? This is what's going to be the big crop next year. See, after he learned how to do it, More and more, when you start listening to the Lord, guess what? You find out exactly what the Lord's doing. And you know what? He might not be doing what everybody else is doing. And what we need to really find out is usually he's not doing what everybody else is doing. And why? Because he wants us to be set apart. If you're going to do just what you did last year and expect the same exact return in your ministry, i got to tell you, it's probably not going to happen. You're not going to have the same amount of fruit. He doesn't want us just to get on the train, you know. He doesn't want us to get on the bus and run the same route every day. Because God's going to change things up. Why? He wants to show that he's God. He wants to show that he's in control. He wants to show that he can do above and beyond anything that we can ever dream, ask, or imagine i got to tell you, is those people today and those churches today that embrace what God is doing, embrace this change, embrace what's going on right now in the world, those that embrace it, not saying that I agree with it, but those that embrace what's going on and embrace what God is doing in this time are going to see great growth, both personal growth and corporate growth. And you're going to see people changed. When I first got saved... In the late 80s, everybody had came out of the 88 reasons why Jesus was going to come in 88. and Dang. They sold all those books and all that survival gear and he never made it. But the thing I couldn't figure out, being a brand new Christian and being around people that were so adamant that he was coming at that moment people were selling everything and they were moving up to the mountains and they were living underground and and they were saying you got to stay away from the cities and you can't have the public water and you know they're going to take away all of our gasoline and we're not going to be able to feed our families and here i was newly saved and i would ask them but didn't you say God was a God of provision? Didn't you say he's always going to protect us? And I was trying to figure out, and I I literally told multiple people that were leaders. And I said, if God calls me to go to the inner city of New York, I'm going to be much safer there than living in a bomb shelter in the middle of 50 acres on the top of a mountain somewhere with my own water supply and 10,000 gallons of gas and a whole bunch of freeze-dried MREs. All the ammunition in the world, all the bombs, nothing you have is going to save you because if God calls you to be in the middle of the city, that's where your protection is. And nobody ever had an answer for me. You know what? God isn't calling us to be survivalists. I'm not saying he's calling us to be stupid. But he isn't calling us to be survivalists. He's calling us to be sons and daughters of the Most High. He's calling us to walk in his abundance. There's crazy things happening right here in this building. There's, there, there's crazy things. I don't think people realize. I, I encourage you. I don't, I don't even have to say anything, but I encourage you to press in and start just asking God. Ask God what he's doing here. If you're, if you're a part of this body, ask God what he's doing here. And I would love for you to email it to us, to send it to us on Facebook Messenger, to call into the office. I, I just really want to know what God is saying to you and what you're seeing. And you know what? If you ask God, he's going to tell you. We spend all this time telling God everything, and he's trying to talk. <laughs> we don't have to remind God he's omnipresent. We don't need to tell him what's going on in our life. We need to ask him if what we're supposed to be doing, and we need to be listening. I can tell you Michael is glad to be in the building. That young man has missed worship. Verse 20 says, but you, my delightful loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying in every moment in the spirit Fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ who gives us eternal life. And keep being compassionate to those who still have doubts. And snatch others out of the fire and save them. And be merciful over and over to them. But always couple your mercy with the fear of God. Be extremely careful and keep yourselves free from the pollution of the flesh. And now to the one with enough power to prevent you from stumbling into sin and bring forth faultlessness before his glorious presence and stand before him with ecstatic joy. To the only God our Savior through our Lord Jesus Christ be the endless glory and majesty and great power and authority from before the created time and now and throughout all the ages of eternity. You see how Jude ends this? He says that we're God's delighted friends. We're saying that he's called us to, to walk in the fullness. That, he, that he's called us to be all that we're called to be. You know what? We need to be praying in the Spirit. We need to be asking God what God is doing in this time. We need to be asking God, God, what do you have for me? God, I can see what's going on, but what does that mean? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for where you put me? What does that mean for catch the fire boulder? What does that mean for the calling in my life? What does that mean for the prophetic words you've spoken over me? i got to tell you, in so many times, in times of turmoil, God is taking things in our life and he's turning them upside down. And why is he doing that? It's like he's pouring us through a strainer and he's trying to take out all the chaff. He's trying to take out all those things that are keeping us from walking in the fullness of what he's called us to. Church, it's not a time to shrink back, it's a time to advance. It's not a time to cower and buckle down, it's a time to take more ground. You know, I'm sick and tired of people talking about the economy. I was talking with somebody this morning that sells cars and heard all these people talking about how car dealerships are all struggling. He says, they don't even have enough people. It's so darn busy. So many people are coming in. They're buying, buying, buying. Why? Because it's a buyer's market. Things before you would have paid six or $7,000 for, you're paying $2,000 for. Why? Because people think they're going to get stuck with them. You know what? There's always an advantage when things are in up. When things are up in the air. And God wants us to take advantage in people's lives. I gotta tell you, (laughs) I mean, I've been sharing this every week. I can't hammer it home any deeper. During this time, I've been able to share our messages. I've been able to share our prayer times. I've been able to share our worship times that people are doing. I've been able to share it with people that I was in the army with in the early 80s in germany and you know what they're saying that changed my life why because now they're at home and now they had time to listen and you know what people that would have never spent a moment now are watching thing after thing and they're asking questions and there's people writing in on our chat windows saying you know what I was healed today during worship I was touched during this message God came and he moved that word really spoke to me and it's changing my life now is the time for us not to shrink back but now is the time for us to take more ground now is the time you can share with people and they don't have to come in the building you can share with them and God can still touch them right where they're at and not only can he he does You know what, I'm not condemning people that are fearful for coming out. There's people that have, that they're, they're in a place where they probably shouldn't come out medically, of age, because of symptoms, because of things going on in their life. But you know what, that doesn't mean all of us have to be that way. As of this week, we opened up our doors and you know what, we're going to start meeting and if you still want to watch from home, that's great, Bless you. There's no condemnation whatsoever, and I mean that with all honesty. But you know what? I'm no longer going to live in fear. I'm no longer going to allow any more fear, even a microscopic amount of fear. We're going to walk out in boldness, and we're going to see our nation change. We're going to see our cities change. We're going to see our families change. We're going to see people impacted for the kingdom, because that's what we're called to do. We're called to be a light in a dark place. And I gotta tell you, in a lot of ways, when we're reading, it hasn't been this dark since the depression. It hasn't been this dark in multiple parts of the world since whatever. What a great time to break out the light. What a great time to pull the basket out and let your light shine. So if you want to be one of those ones, whether you're at home, whether you're here in the room, I just want to encourage you right now, if you just want to stand up right where you're at, if you're at home, you can just stand up. If you're watching this a week from now, you can still just stand up because you know what? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I just want you to stand up and I'm going to pray that God would just put a boldness upon you like you've never had before. I really believe that right now, In this time that God is releasing provision, He's releasing provision right now in such a great and mighty way. Lord, I just get behind what you're doing. Lord, I'm not a name it and claim it person, but I get behind what you're doing, and I know in this time you're bringing provision to people that need it. Lord, I just ask for an increase. Lord, I just, I just ask for promotions for your faithful people, Lord. We ask for jobs for those that don't have jobs. Lord, we ask for medical provision for those that need that. Lord, we ask for wisdom right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just release, Lord, such a boldness in people right now, Lord people all over watching this, I just release your boldness now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would just infuse people's spines with iron. Lord, infuse our spines with iron, that we'd be able to stand up and do what you've called us to do in this time. Lord, open our ears that we hear the orders that are coming from the thrones of heaven. Lord, from each and every one of the thrones that are crying out, Lord, Lord, give us the wisdom, Lord. Lord, give us the boldness you gave Michael, Lord, that we wouldn't take it on ourselves, so we wouldn't try and figure it out ourselves, but we would just say, Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. Lord, turn up our fire. Turn up the light, Lord. Lord, we no longer want to be a candle. We no longer want to be a pin light, Lord. We want to be a searchlight. Lord, we want to be that searchlight on the coast that when people see, they will be drawn to the light. Lord, just silence the enemy in our ears. Lord, give us discernment to know the difference between his voice and our voice. Lord, give our our government officials wisdom in what to do and how to do it in this time. Lord, we don't want to condemn them. We don't want to come against them. We want to stand with them, and may you put people in their presence that give them godly wisdom and godly understanding for how to guide the people of this time. Lord, your word says that you have put all leaders. You've allowed all leaders to be in the place they're at. Lord, we thank you that you are the king of the whole universe. We thank you that you're our king. Lord, we just acknowledge that we're sons and daughters of the Most High, and nothing can harm us. Lord, we just give you permission today to come. Speak to us, Lord. Take away those things that are not of you. Wash them away, Lord. Wash them away now, Lord. Take away those things, Lord, that are not of you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you would like to find out more about who we are, you can find that at ctfbolder.com. If you haven't already, Please make sure to follow us on all of our other social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Spotify. We post different content on each platform, and we want you guys to stay as updated as possible. We have so much love for you guys. God bless.